Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of the Echo Corpus Christi Podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. Jessica Janak is our guest on today's episode. Jessica is a Corpus native whose adventures outside of Corpus have helped shape her interest in and passion for her hometown. Jessica is a trained fashion designer who directs her creative talents to running three local hotspots, Eleanor's, The Goldfish, and Lucy's Snack Bar. We recorded this episode in the early evening at The Goldfish, an open-air bar in a former gas station in downtown Corpus. The background is vibrant, so it's best to not listen to this episode at high volume, but the background highlights Jessica's passion for service. In fact, her passion for serving and entertaining shines across all three of her current ventures, each of which provides a unique experience in beautiful settings in Corpus. Lucy's Snack Bar recently opened in downtown and provides a much-needed quick-stop food counter and stand-up coolers full of cold beverages and -and grab-and-go items. At the time we recorded, Lucy's did not have its beer and wine license, but it does now, so you can enjoy eats and treats from Lucy's during their regular hours. The Goldfish anchors the corner of Mesquite and Taylor in downtown in the former Peerless Cleaners building. It provides top-flight beverage service in a laid-back atmosphere, and Eleanor's Coffee Bar and Market encourages slowing down and gathering with friends over properly made coffees, espressos, and food. Eleanor's also pays tribute to Jessica's grandmother, whose inspiration still motivates Jessica today. Jessica's excitement about these enterprises and working with her brother and their partner in the Goldfish is exactly the kind of passion that causes revitalization and growth. Let's visit with Jessica. Well, Jessica Janak, welcome to the Etcher Corpus Christi podcast. Hi, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, we're super excited to visit with you today. Yeah. So uh, we'll go ahead and tell our audience that we're sitting in the patio at the Goldfish in downtown, which is one of your locations that you have down here. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But the first question that I always ask is, what's your Corpus story? Are you from Corpus or how'd you get here? Yeah, tell so, us your um, so I am originally from Corpus, born and raised, um, as they say. I went to school in Dallas. I went to the Art Institute of Dallas okay. for fashion design. I am definitely not technically using my degree <laughs> right now. There's not a very uh, a very large fashion industry in Portland. And um, but I, I hated Dallas. I mean, that's probably an understatement. I did not enjoy my time there. Um, and I moved home the day after I graduated. Okay. We packed my bags up on graduation day. I moved home and. And it was around that time, you know, I was pretty young, but it was around that time that I started getting back into running, paying a lot more attention to what I was eating okay. at the time, um, got into cooking a lot more, asking my mom for just basic recipes, like how do I cook spaghetti mm-hmm. um, without pulling out a cookbook every time. <laughs> and and that, just, that just advanced over the course of probably the next 10 years. I spent um, a little bit of time in College Station, which means moving back traveled a lot in between there and and realizing that all over the world there are these you know cities that have great places to be right. with good food to eat um, and places that left you inspired and, and and so that's that was when the the wheels started rolling mm-hmm. so you found races. some kind of inspiration around the world but also knew that maybe you could find some locally here in yeah for sure um, I think when I graduated college um, I always knew I wanted to create a space. Okay. I didn't know what that space looked like. 
I think at the time, because I was doing fashion design, I assumed it would be a boutique of some mm-hmm. sort. You know, I was a 22-year-old sure. girl. So, again, once I started cooking more, obviously drinking coffee more, as, you know, my first business is a coffee shop. Right. Um, and doing that more and realizing that there just wasn't good coffee in Corpus. Um, and there there weren't, at the time, places where I'd want to go sit and be sure. in and, and really enjoy being in. And so it was just kind of all those little puzzle pieces working together. So were you kind of paying attention to the slow food movement that I've read about in other oh, places? Oh, yeah, or is for that sure. Kind of for part sure. of the slow coffee idea? Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. You know, I, uh, I, I run a lot, and so I pay a lot of attention um, to what's going on in my body and how that directly affects how mm-hmm. I feel. And that was another thing, you know, I'd go out to eat in Corpus and I wouldn't I wouldn't leave feeling all that great after sure, a plate sure. of enchiladas and rice and meats. Oh, but they're um, so great going down. They're so good, they're so good. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel all that great. And so I found myself, a lot of times, I, I am certainly not a great chef and they're, they're amazing cooks here in Corpus, um, but finding what I wanted to eat outside of my home was really difficult Mm -hmm. so most of the time my friends and I were like well we want to do a girls night or have dinner together there's really nowhere we want to go and and mind you this is this is eight years ago ten years ago so um, so Corpus has Corpus has changed a lot since then there there are many many more options and all you know all of which I am willing to try and usually end up loving but at the time, that didn't exist, and so we just find ourselves like cooking ourselves, and and that is you know the slow food movement. I like knowing what's going into my into my body, right? For sure. And so that definitely gives me the control there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of just making it at home. That's awesome. So yes. we, you and I, have a lot of similarities that you didn't know about. For example, I didn't like living in Dallas either, mm-hmm. and I also spent a little time in College Station. Yeah. So, oh. And and I find inspiration in Corpus. Uh-huh. We we've been here a little over four years, or almost four years, and we love it too. But I'd love to hear um, a lot more about Eleanor's. I know that the name in particular is special to you, and I've read in. The the past that this may have been a an idea or a seed planted quite long ago as, as opposed to in your recent past year in Corpus. Yeah, yeah. So my my grandmother is is the namesake of Eleanor. Okay. Um, Eleanor Ginnian. And she you would walk into her house and she immediately was like, what can I get for you? Whether it was like a bowl of nuts or a whiskey and water. I mean she was <laughs> ready to make something for you and turn on some music. It was usually Julio Iglesias. And, and just sit there and just find out about what's going on with you and how your day is. Um, and so it felt very right naming it after her because she was just so hospitable. I, I definitely strive to be that. I, it's something that I pay a lot of attention to at Eleanor's. You know, we didn't have a high chair for the first year, so I usually just walked around holding whoever's baby was, right. was in the shop um, so their mom could enjoy a cup of coffee. But yeah, so that's that's really where, where the na- namesake came from, where a really strong emphasis is that we have is taking care of our people. Mm-hmm. We don't have a drive-through, but we are creepy enough that we know mostly everybody's car, and when we see you pull into the parking lot, we will start your drink. But it, and it does go back to the really simple food. A lot of people think Eleanor's is healthy food, which inherently it is. But for the most part, it's just really basic. Um, you know, our ethos is if you're starting with good ingredients, it's going to be good. 
one of our most famous items is the avocado toast that we do, which we've had since day one. And out of the gate, I always knew we would go to the German bakery to get our bread. Okay. And we feel like they make the best bread in purpose. It's wood-fired bread. It's traditional baking practices. So yeah, so we start off with good bread, good avocados, and organic olive oil and sea salt, and that's really all you need. Right. Um, and our coffee is very simple. We don't have a lot of syrups. We don't jazz it up very much, but we have a really great machine, and we have well-experienced employees that know what they're doing. And and then it's just it's in a space that we love. Having our other places now, when I'm out running around to the Goldfish or Lucy's. <laughs> I step back into Eleanor's and I kind of feel like I'm like, ah, I'm broke, you know? And my brother really, really, really executed that exactly how I could have ever imagined. I basically just told him black, white, and wood. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, then we're using this wood. And how about this color of white? And how about this for the shelf? And and it just went from there. And it's, it's, yeah, it is our home. It's cozy for us. And I think that your brother's name is Justin, right? Okay, so I think from my personal experience and then from what you're sharing, Eleanor's is definitely the kind of place that's not a drive-through type place, but it has the familiarity where you're almost prepping the coffee before someone walks in the door because you you do see the same folks, but then they're not in a hurry to get out. It's not like a, I gotta get to work, give me my coffee. It's not a fast, how quickly can you brew it kind of place. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we think of most of our morning customers because that's where you're gonna find that person that's in a rush. Most of our morning customers, the ones that are in a hurry, we know that you yeah, know we know those sure. customers, and we try to get them out the door as quickly as possible. But for the most part, it's the people that have a little bit of a chance to linger, or you know, they woke up a little, they wake up a little bit earlier to make right. that effort, and, or they call it in. You know, we have probably ten customers a morning calling in their order, okay. and it's ready for them when they walk in the door. Um, and we appreciate that. We want people to do that because we do want people to enjoy the place and linger as much as they can. But we also want it to be your everyday place, you know? And sometimes people think that that place that they can linger is not the place they can go to every day. So um, we want it to be a special occasion, but we also want it to be the norm. <laughs> sure. So did Justin have experience? I know he built the bar at Eleanor's and we'll talk about the one at Lucy's too and maybe here at the Goldfish in a little yeah. bit, but does, is that something that he had experience with? So you could just say, here is my vision of black, white, and blue. Oh yeah, and he- for sure. Um, you know, quickly touching on, on his history, he, uh, he too went to an art school. He went to the Kansas City Art Institute and he majored in fibers. He has a master's degree from a school in London. Oh wow. Uh, and and during his time in Kansas City, he worked for a really great guy, John O'Brien, who owned a, an art gallery called The Dolphin. And talk about home, I mean, we go to Kansas City and we just spend all of our time there. But in the art gallery, he also had a frame shop. And John is one of those people, which my brother would never admit probably, but John, Justin is very much like John. They just know what looks good. Yeah. And, and they just have that Such eye. They know they can walk into a space and, and see it. And, and they're fortunate enough to be able to exercise that right. often. And John, in Kansas City, his reputation just really grew to where people would come to him and say, hey, we want to open up this bar or this restaurant. You've got a wood shop. Like, can your guys do that? And and so he did, and Justin learned all of his woodworking from that. And and there was a there was a, a very hard transition where you went from Justin making full-time art, which is probably what he, he would love to be doing still to this day, okay. but really uh, 
really finding a love and a craft in woodworking. Um, and eventually went to work for anthropology, and he built out the stores for anthropology wow. and terrain. Um, so he travels all over doing that, and and he's you know he sends my family and I the pictures of his projects <laughs> when he's there, and it's just yeah, it's, right. it's awe inspiring. I bet I mean, it is. How I bet it is. <laughs> like he tells the girls at anthropology, if you can dream it, we can build it. That's you know, amazing. just so what do you want to do? And and he does. Um, my kids walk into his wood shop and they're like, Uncle Justin, can you do this? And Justin's like, uh, give me about ten minutes. Right. You know. Right. Um, so so yeah. total unfair advantage for the box card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Right. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So when y'all, when you got the idea, and well. When your idea was ready to be built out for for Eleanor's, what was that process like? I, I'm assuming, or maybe why don't you tell us? Did you start working on coffee in the menu, and Justin started working on the bar, or how did that? Uh, that's how, definitely how, that how Lucy's went. Okay. Um, Lucy's was definitely, which is our most recent venture, um, which is you know half and half him and me. It was a hundred percent like you do all this, and once the doors are open, I come in and do my things. Okay. Um, not that I was absent in the earlier process. But Al Eleanor's was a lot more, um, you know, I signed the lease. I was here, Justin was actually living in Arizona at the okay. time. And so um, he was kind of, you know, we were planning it from afar. I already, I knew my menu from, for so long, what I was gonna do and keep it simple. And for the first year and a half, we only had pour over actually. We didn't okay. have, you know, we didn't have espresso. And so that, that part of the menu was pretty <laughs> that simple. That made it easy, yeah. That, that made it really easy. easy. Right. And I knew what I wanted to, it to look like. He didn't have quite as much of a, a, a lay of the land, so okay. to speak, because he didn't see the space right. before he came. But he knew, like, the bar top. He knew those dimensions. He knew, you know, I picked out the table bases, and then he picked out the wood for the table. I knew the chairs. I knew um, we have a vintage vanity in there. There were certain things that I knew were going to go in there. Um, but, but actually, getting this stuff was pretty funny. Um, I, you know, I spent about two weeks tearing up linoleum. It was sort of my summer workout. Um, and I don't know for any of those of oh you that have torn up linoleum in the middle of summer in Corpus Christi, mm -hmm. Texas, it's not a fun thing. And so I would just, I'd drop off my kids at school and I would scrape and scrape and scrape until I had to pick them up. Did you have to heat it to scrape it? Um, no, okay. I didn't. I, I, it was all elbow grease, mm -hmm. every bit of it. While I was doing that, he was building everything that he could in Arizona. Okay. Um, I did get to go out there and visit him. Like, you know, we, you know, I collaborated a little bit. And then once it was time to do the install, he and I actually <laughs> each rented about ten passenger vans. Two, two ten passenger, ten passenger vans. We both drove to Marfa, Texas um, with a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. and we backed up to each other in an alleyway, and he essentially slid everything that was to be put into Eleanor's no into my van. And then, you know, the that next day awesome. he drove off, and I drove off back to Corpus, and we unloaded, you know, a big Ikea haul, right. a big, a lot, a lot of wood, and chairs, and yeah. That's so creative. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it seemed like the most um, cost efficient way. I'm not sure to <laughs> now if it right. was, but it was good. It made for a fun trip. That I bet it did for sure. Yeah. So when you got opened at Eleanor's, how quickly were you thinking about the next project or were you thinking about the next you project? You know, I, I don't know. I don't even know that I was, you know, I have little projects in my head <laughs> of what I want to do next, but all these other things keep falling in front of me that end up happening. The goldfish ended up being our next project. Well, first it was uh, 
first we added espresso to okay. our to Eleanor's menu, and that was a really big undertaking. We did a bit of a remodel with that, and then it was a big purchase, and it was a lot of training. And so we kind of found our groove in that. But in that process, we were working on doing the goldfish as well. So with the let's walk back then and talk a little bit about the espresso espresso, espresso machine. Yeah. What kind of training, what is necessary to go? I, I, so I understand the basics of coffee. Like I know that's Folgers and that's good stuff. <laughs> and you put it in a thing and hot water goes on. And that's about where I end my understanding of how good coffee is made. So why don't you talk a little bit about the difference between pour over and espresso okay. and maybe even the difference between coffee and espresso yeah, to the yeah. there's a difference. So um, if the, uh, the set out of Eleanor's, I didn't want to do anything I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know espresso. And so it wasn't going to be something I was going to invest in. Um, one, I didn't have the funds to invest in it. But also, I would have been starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. Because I didn't feel like I would have been able to, I guess, you know, sell what I know. Right. And so we did pour over, which is a way of brewing the coffee. Because that's all I had ever done. I've I'd never owned a coffee machine. I've always used a Chemex, which I actually, you know, my brother, he used one, so I used okay. one. And, uh, and so we set up a pour over bar. I felt like something I hadn't said was that there was no place to get good coffee and good food right. under the same roof. Right. And that was something I wanted to do. And so we didn't get a batch brewer, which is how you would make, you know, 10 gallons of coffee or whatever at one time. We set up a pour over bar. And so we, we offer three different methods via pour over. And it's, it's exactly what you say it is. It's hot water poured over coffee. Okay. People say it's fancy, and we joke like, "No, it's analog. It's <laughs> right, not it is fancy. very analog. Um, it's well, there's quite simple, but there's sure. a beauty in that. And so we feel like you get your best cup of coffee that way. It's okay. a slower process, that's for sure, but we're set up to, to do it efficiently. Um, and about a year into it, we knew eventually we wanted to add espresso, and a few opportunities opened up to us that allowed us to do that. And so we we work very closely with Merritt Roasting Company, which is out of San Antonio. Yeah, and we have out of the gate. Uh, when I first opened, Robbie Robbie Butts, who owns Vocal and Merritt, when I gave him my idea, he was like, basically like, I'm so glad you're doing what you know and awesome. not you know not trying to get into something that you're not going to execute well. And so he's always been behind us and a big supporter. And when we wanted to add espresso, they're they, they're reps for a certain company that we wanted to get our espresso machine from, which is a mod bar. Um, and and so they did our install for us um, when they did, which was huge. And when they did that, they trained all of our employees at that time on espresso. And so awesome. espresso is you know it's an espresso bean, it's not a coffee bean, and it's what you use to make any lattes, cappuccinos. We have a really traditional espresso menu. Mm -hmm. uh, macchiatos, cortados, so. So when you were training, where did you go to your training? They came here. Okay. Yeah, so they spent about a full day. And at the time, we were like, but we need more time. And they were like, you'll get that time, but but it's going to be y'all making it. And, and that's exactly what it was. You know, the more you're there, the better you get. For sure. So, so what did your employees think about adding espresso? Oh, they were ready for okay. it. Yeah, they loved it. They, want, they wanted to do it. So, and now, you know, we make an espresso drink in 30 seconds and it takes us like three and a half minutes to make the, the pour over is still slow food it's still very slow food um, but yeah they were excited about it yeah. and and we felt like i mean to be a good coffee shop like we knew eventually that would be an addition how did you learn how to decorate the tops um, yeah, the, the <laughs> practice, of the coffee. practice makes perfect okay. i have you know we have one guy that works for us one of my favorite humans 
he he's been working there for two years and he like just finally it all clicked wow you know um, but it really is it's just practice I tell them you know don't keep making the same mistake over and over again you're not going to get it figure right. out what you're doing wrong and then and then do it differently. So do you practice, you have to practice on an espresso or on coffee or can oh. you like make some brown water? And do <laughs> uh, sometimes we'll make, um, we'll make like a hot chocolate okay. instead of doing espresso or like if we have a bunch of extra grounds, we'll use those. So we're not wasting any, okay. we do donate our coffee grounds to the, the learning gardens. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. things aren't totally wasted. Um, and then we do cold press cheese. Okay. So t let's talk about cold press. I'm fascinated yeah. by that too. So uh, obviously I could stand to do some juicing in my own life, but mm -hmm. what is the difference between a cold press and then those like giant blender things that, yeah. you know, chop up and leave you with basically all the stuff you would ever need to fertilize a garden and <laughs> about two inches of juice? Yeah, we, uh, so cold press juice is exactly what it is. You know, you, you, press the pulp or you press the vegetables and fruits okay. um, without any heat in the process. And what the heat does is it can damage a lot of like phytomolecules and a lot of nutrients. Okay. So it is believed. And so all the chemists in the audience uh, can yes, understand what you're talking yes, about. The rest of us are like, yes, yes, yes they, they get it. So to, so to preserve all of those nutrients, you want to do it cold, okay. sort of like behind the raw food diet. You know, okay. any, any heat over a certain temperature is going to damage a little bit of those those enzymes. Okay. Um, so the cold pressed juicer that we use is a Norwalk and it's it's like a piece of machinery. It's mm -hmm. like a hydraulic press that okay. like goes on top of the on top of the fruits and vegetables and presses it and you get a ton of juice mm -hmm. and then what you're left with is I'm showing Rob a piece of paper. Essentially like a piece of paper. Okay. I mean, wow. That's really thin. Vastly different from the thing I have at home. Vastly different. Yeah. Um, whereas like a blender, a high-speed blender is going to literally blend it up. This right. is breaking down and separating all of that, this, that fibrous content. So do you do that in, the, in Illinois? Yeah, itself? we do. Okay. That's been something that we've always done also. At the time, nobody was doing juice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, and I say regarding Illinois, we, we really have three, three sides to it. Um, we've got our coffee, we have our juice, and we have our market. And I don't think that one could survive without the other. Corpus isn't quite ready to support a full-on juice shop. I don't think it's not quite ready to support in our area where, where Eleanor's is specifically mm -hmm. located, a small coffee shop. And I don't think the market could do it either. So they all they all help each other out. But the juice we've done since day one, we started off with just two juices. We eventually grew to now we have six on our menu at all times. Um, and we juice and bottle them there. So. Okay. So they're all ready to go. Um, we'll do some cleanses for people if they order them ahead of time. But it's something that that there's nothing in Eleanor's that I don't either use or consume on a daily right. basis. So that really is, I think, a, a major advantage that you have at Eleanor's is that someone can walk in and say, "Hey." I'm thinking about doing this, and I see that you've got it. Tell me about it. And you can say, well, I did that last week. <laughs> right, right. This yeah. is what I'm drinking right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I do. I am. Um, everything in there, like I said, I use or consume on a daily basis. From the market shelf to, you know, I ate an avocado toast this morning, and I had my coffee. I drink my coffee there every morning. And, so I assume you don't saddle up to the bar here at the Goldfish every day, but let's, <laughs> and maybe you do. No judgment, of course. Uh, I would. Yeah. Um, what? What is it that inspired you to join the crew here and getting goldfish off the ground? Yeah, so um, so Robert Cooper is uh, my brother's my other partner in the goldfish. Okay. 
he owned at the time, and still does, a bar in Tbilisi in the Republic of Georgia. And when he moved back to Corpus, and he and I first met, after a couple months he was like, I want to open up a bar, like, would you help me? And if you do, you know, you can be part owner. And if your brother wants to build it out, he can be part owner. Wow. Um, and so we all have very specific roles. Um, I don't. I don't have the time to run a bar. Um, I do play a bigger part in it now than than I than I thought I would want to. I guess is the best way to say that. Um, you know, my brother and I kind of thought, well, doors. Once those doors open, our right. work is done. But I quickly realized that the people are what I love about these right. businesses. I like exactly. being here. I like. You know, when we first opened, this is fast forwarding a little bit, but when we first opened, because I don't travel up to the bar every day, people would come into Eleanor's and they're like, oh, we went to the Goldfish last night. I'd be like, what'd you get? Like, did everybody take care of you? Did they use coasters? Did they, was it clean? You know, how did right. it smell? Never turn off being the manager. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, because I just want to make sure everyone was taken care of. But yeah, so he wanted to do it and, and... Uh, I'm going to get this quote wrong, but my brother says, like, we're too dumb to fail or something like that. And Justin and I basically just weren't doing anything at the time. And uh, so when Robert came to us, we were like, sure, why not? Let's give it a shot. Um, And we found uh, he spent a lot of time with realtors looking for properties and stumbled upon what used to be a gas station and then a fearless cleaner's pickup drop-off spot. Uh, And Justin and I walked in and we were like, done and done. And uh, and we treated the space as we've done our other spaces, strip it down to like its walls and its concrete, and add in what we need to make the place function. That's really where I guess our design comes from. And so yeah, then we just started the process of opening it. How fun. Yeah. So what was different about opening a bar than opening Eleanor's? Um, well, Eleanor's was just me. <laughs> so, um, Some seat of the pants so, at so, so there was no like, well, should we do this or should okay. we do that? It's just like, I want to do this, so, so we're let's do it. Do it. Right. Yeah. And uh, whereas the Goldfish, uh, we all bring our you know strongest assets to the table and we're all respectful, you know, respectful of each other's of those assets. But it takes, you know, a little more push and pull. And then opening a bar in Texas is just a process. You know, there's working with an attorney to get your TABC certification, and, and that's a difficult process, as it should be, you know. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really most of the process. As far as build-out, it was a bigger undertaking than Eleanor's. But my brother is probably one of the quickest builders I know. Okay. I mean, he knows what, and like I do. Like, once we know what we're doing, like, let's just do it. Just let's go. get it done and get it open. Um, so, yeah, it, it being a bigger process, but, but yeah. So you started with, the, how long ago did the, did the Goldfish open? Um, it'll be two years in September, I believe. Okay. And it was about a two-month, three-month process of actual build-out. Did you start getting the itch to do Lucy's downtown because you were spending more time downtown with the goldfish and you thought, hey, there's another we need de- down here? Yeah, we definitely saw it as another need. With the uh, with the goldfish, like I said, it wasn't something that Justin and I ever was ever on our radar. It was just like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And then... It was actually Justin's idea. There's a there's a really cool place in Kansas City called YJ's Snack Bar. It's about a tenth of the size of Lucy's. Wow. Um, and it's a little bit more homegrown cooking. Um, you know, they don't have espresso. They just do like 
bun coffee maker. Sure. But uh, he's like, downtown needs a little snack bar, like some grab and go stuff, like giant jar of pickles on the counter, you know, maybe some peanuts that kids sure. are reaching their hands in for. And so that's that was really the birth of that idea. And at the time, we kind of had some other ideas floating around and some other projects uh, that people had talked to, to us about. And this is the one that just like, as the other ones fell by the wayside, right. this one kept going. And, uh, and so we just started looking at properties. And usually with Justin and I, our common our common comment when we're looking at properties is that everything's too big. Right. So we're like, no smaller, no smaller, no smaller. <laughs> which um, is exactly the opposite of what a real Yeah, which wants is to exactly, hear. yeah, it's the opposite of what they want to hear. But yeah, Justin and I, or just like, you know, when we found his wood shop, we basically told our friend, like, show us the stuff that nobody wants to see. That's what we want to see. Um, and we saw a few of those places I'm for sure, Lucy's. I'm sure. um, but the space that we ended up finding, um, it's a Lomax property, and we couldn't be happier working with Richard, Richard Lomax. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's been, it's been a good fit for us. Where did the name Lucy come from? <laughs> Other than my daughter, which is actually sure the obvious answer. It's from your daughter, actually. Right. <laughs> um, it, uh, it is my dad's dog. Really? Yeah. It, I wish that I could say that, oh, it's our other grandmother, but no, it's not. My dog has a little black shih tzu, and she's Cute. one of the funniest looking dogs. Sure. And we just thought Lucy had a, a good name. It does. Well, we also have a dog named Lucy, which is oh, a story funny. for another podcast. But, and she is a small, I, I don't know, some mix of wiry and wiener dog. Uh -huh. thing, so, oh, how funny. Uh, there is some. Um, uh, commonality there for yeah. sure. So with Lucy, did you with Lucy's? Did you also develop the menu and decide uh, on that one? That kind of yeah, stuff? that one was fully. You know, I've been saying this to people. Eleanor's was was pretty collaborative with my brother and I. It was definitely more like I started. I started the design process. Like this is what I want to do. And he executed. Yeah, and he executed it. Goldfish is definitely all Justin, but he was definitely going for a certain feel and look. Lucy's is 110%. If my brother can walk into a space and do whatever he wants in it, that is what that space is. And uh, and as usual, it just turned out perfect. Right. Most of the stuff on the walls is like found objects that have just yep. been sitting in his you know storage for the past 10 years. How fun. And then and the menu was all me. And that's the part I love. Uh, the menu and the market is like what I want to be doing and then being being there on the floor is what I enjoy doing the most. Have you seen significant change from Jessica the child growing up in Corpus Christi? And I don't mean to say that flippantly, but yeah. a change in kind of the whole culture of Corpus Christi from when you were growing up to seeing it through your adult eyes. I don't, you know, as a child, it was just the place you lived. I don't know that I really had this, this strong connection, except, well, I want to say except for through the people that that's really where my connection is now too. So, so, I guess to answer the question, no, you know, um, like it's, it's that, right. that human connection that, that I love so much and, and that you hear time or I hear time and time again when people move away, like, I don't really miss Corpus, but I miss everybody that right. was there. And, uh, you know, with Elmer's being open for almost five years now, I've watched little kids grow up, yep. you know, they come Absolutely. into the shop every day. We joke that like, we're their family. You know, we know more about their lives than I know about a lot of my immediate family members. So, so that's, that's definitely uh, what I've held on to as a child and as an adult. How do you feel about, about, about how Corpus has responded to the various um, 
enterprises that y'all have engaged in? It's been good. You know, Eleanor's, Eleanor's I feel like is our harder sell okay. uh, because you're competing with morning people. They're, you know, they love their routines. Yes. And so it's harder to get people to get people to change their routine and make you one of theirs. But when they do, you know, you they sit. And, and at the time when we were just doing slow pour coffee, it's like you're switching this, what purpose is more of a very fast food culture, you know, to being like, no, don't go through the drive right. and don't get like your burnt beans from Starbucks. Like do this instead and I promise you'll, you'll be glad you did. It's not very hard <laughs> getting people on board with a really pretty space that serves sure. really good cocktails. Um, so goldfish <laughs> is not a hard thing. Um, <laughs> I would imagine it's a little easier. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then Lucy's, you know, we have, it's, it's, we're just at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so far the response has been good and I think a lot of that comes from us having two businesses that people can, uh, can reference. You right. know, like, oh, like we love Eleanor's coffee, we're gonna love Lucy's coffee. We love Eleanor's food, we're gonna love Lucy's food. So, so yeah, it's the response has been good. People, they're starting. You know, I definitely think that Corpus is starting to think about aesthetics in their Absolutely place. Absolutely true. We used to always joke that like you can get some of the best food in Corpus, but the places you go in are, are, are real awkward. Right. You know, you um, have to be really adventurous. Yeah, to get and not that that's it. everything, um, but it is something. Like we want people to enjoy being in our space, like to feel welcome, to feel inspired when they leave. Um, it's it's uh, it's a powerful thing to be in. To be in a pretty well designed space. Have you been intentional more about the area you've opened places or more about the specific physical space that you're opening in? I guess probably more the specific physical space that we're opening in. When we did Eleanor's, I had two business plans. One was to go downtown okay. and one was to go where I ended up, which is where I ended up is close to where I live. And okay. I love that area. You know, it's on Alameda. It's, we call it Central Corpus. It's kind of by everything. It's kind of our favorite H-E-B. And But I would have loved to be downtown. However, I don't know that we would have made it for five years had we gone downtown. You know, downtown at that time was basically what Lucy's is now. It was going right. to be a bigger market. It was going to have um, it'd be a bigger space. Robert's intentions to be downtown for the Goldfish was... was was there from the get-go. Okay. So he, we were only looking at properties in downtown. And and with Justin and Lucy's, I guess we were thinking more about downtown just because we had experienced a lot of tax incentives in opening the Goldfish. We really, uh, Alyssa Mason, who's the downtown management district director, um, we love her. Okay. And so, and she's a big champion of ours. And so we uh, we knew that, that she would do what she needed to do to get us open. Sure. And, and, and she did. She's, she's a fan and she's a customer and supportive. So. so in addition to working with Alyssa, how have you been working with the city to get various permits and so forth? I've heard um, different experiences, mm -hmm. to put it nicely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that with Eleanor's, we basically built it and asked for forgiveness later. <laughs> sometimes that is the yeah, best philosophy, just, for sure. You know, we got open quickly, yep. and we found out we should have pulled a certain permit, and then we paid for said permit, and, and we were able to open uh, the Goldfish because we worked through the Tourist Incentive Program. Okay. Uh, we did have to uh, go through the city, and, and again, I'm not... 
not ashamed to admit that it really slowed down our process, yeah. unfortunately. And I, I hate to say that, but but it's a clear mark of when you see a lot of cities that have quick quick growth, quick sustainable growth, I, sh I should say, with a government that supports that. Um, you see those, you know, you see those cities facilitating, right. you know, those small business owners. We were in a really fortunate place that, that Robert, Justin, nor I had nine to five jobs. So if the city called us down for a 15th meeting mm -hmm. to talk about whether or not we, <laughs> like, we're going to scrape the gravel right. every night, uh, oh we were able to run down to development right. services and tell them, yes, we're going to scrape the gravel every night and everything's going to be fine. But the guy that's, you know, working in nine to five that has two kids that wants to leave his desk job doesn't have that, right. doesn't have that luxury. And again, with Lucy's, it was the same thing. You know, Justin was working in the space day in and day out once we had signed our lease that if an inspector popped in, he was there to have that conversation with them. Like, we didn't have the funds to have a project manager on site at all times. So, right, you had a Justin. Again, we had a Justin. Um, <laughs> we needed that Justin. The people there are great. They are good people and they are doing their job. However, I do think that some changes could be made to support more small businesses opening in an efficient way mm -hmm. because that's not there. We saw that. For us, it wasn't there. We saw that when we lived in Waco for a while back, uh, and it was even before Chip and Joe went crazy, but you would see the, the government, probably not 15 years ago, start working a little bit more proactively versus reactively. Mm -hmm. And you start to see the, just what we're seeing now in Corpus is kind of renaissance of downtown. Mm -hmm. You could see that happening in Waco. Of course it helped mm -hmm. that Chip and Joe came in about halfway through that. Yeah, yeah. But even before they got there, the, the, the machinery was in place to allow for what they've done with Magnolia to really blossom. Whereas if they had hit it head on five or six or seven years earlier, it might've been a whole different level of nightmare. And right. I feel like Corpus, uh, based on your experience and others that I've heard, that's a hurdle that we get to work through. But people like Alyssa with the DMD are helping facilitate that process a bit. And that's what I was going to reference is, is Alyssa. It's definitely a benefit. There's a reason that there's so much growth happening downtown. She hasn't been with the DMD, I think, maybe a year. She would correct me if she heard this. But she does. She does that. She is. She is your communicator with the city to say like, "Hey, we need to get them open," and she's with the city, so their their ears perk up a little bit more. Whereas, from what I've heard on other in other parts of town, they, they don't have an Alyssa. Right. They don't have everybody Alyssa. needs a little Alyssa. Uh, Justin, and Alyssa and a Justin. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have both. Yeah. And a dreamer. I mean, and, you're, yeah. you know, it helps to have you kind of guiding this kind of dream and this ship a bit. Mm -hmm. So how would you think if, if you could talk to Eleanor today, what would you what would you want to talk to her about? And what do you think her reaction to seeing you in Eleanor's and at Lucy's snack bar and down? Oh gosh, Corpus? she would love it. She would definitely make sure that I had a bottle of old forest behind the counter for her. I love it um, so specific. Yeah. That's great. Uh, which I we do have that at the goldfish. Um, but I don't have it at Lucy's or Eleanor's, but I'd be willing to. She might have needed uh, an afternoon nip from the Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know, music was so important to her. Music is a really it's it's a strong part of what we have in all of our spaces. So our, our music is giving the feel that we want the place to feel. She would just be so proud, you know. Um, she's not with us anymore. And so, yeah, she would just, she'd be there all the time, probably. Oh, that's yeah. so fun. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about what the future holds for the Jessica and Justin team, <laughs> and then maybe a little bit more about Corpus itself. Yeah, gosh, the Jessica and Justin team, we a lot of times we have different ideas, but somehow they eventually merge. My ultimate is I want a hotel. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's when I talk about hospitality, sure. that's definitely the ultimate in it. Kind of a Liz Lambert style? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. God, she doesn't love that girl. Well. And she's the best. <laughs> Yeah, she's, yeah, she's she amazing. Just, she rocks it. So many different venues that she's taken over and turned into amazing places yeah. that are so different. Yeah, and, and which, which of course is exactly like what you've done here, frankly. <laughs> I appreciate it, but that is that is what we love. People always ask us, like, are you going to open another Eleanor's? Are you going to open another this or that? Like, no, that's really not our business model. We want, you know, diff we want to do different things, but we do want them to all be under the same umbrella. You know, like. You can walk into a bunkhouse hotel with Lambert's company yep. and be like, and know that it's one of hers. But, you know, San Jose and Joe's and Austin Motel and St. Cecilia are all very, very, very different. Right. Yeah. And then she's got the Airstreams. And then she's got the Airstreams on Cosmico. Now she has, you know, San Cristobal. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it would definitely just be, you know, just what do we want to, you know, I want to open up a donut food truck and, and then, hey, <laughs> you know with some really is. good donuts. we love our gates donuts but you know really have fun with the donut yeah, food turn truck. it mobile yeah sure. um justin wants to turn Faro valley into basically like the purpose christie central park sounds great so, <laughs> um, so you know maybe the food truck will be parked on Faro valley and there'll be a hotel in there i have no idea uh, do you get inspired um, more by an idea for what could be served in the place or what the physical place looks like itself? Um, yes, they kind of both go together. But I will say if food is my first, the first thing I go to. Okay. Like when I talk about a donut food truck, it's right. like, hey, we don't have like gourmet donuts. How do we right. make that happen? When we've talked about the hotel, I think a lot about like, what does the restaurant look like? What is like the cocktail area look like? What are they going to get for room service? And like, who That's are we so going to get our coffee from? Yeah. Um, what's the mini bar going to be like? <laughs> so, so, well, yeah. Obviously, it's going to have all fours. Obviously, what else it is going to have? Yeah. Yeah. Do they make mini bottles of all fours? <laughs> right. Or we need to look into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would definitely. Uh, I always go to the food every okay. single time. So. When you're when you're driving around Corpus, are you looking kind of constantly keeping an eye for spaces here, or are you thinking, you know what, let's take the J and J show on the road yeah. and find another city to work in? You know what? I don't know. I never think beyond. I never think beyond Corpus. That sounds so like like. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not thinking big, but um, for now, I just think about Corpus. You know, I have two kiddos and I have one on the way, and um, so we do not plan on leaving anytime soon. Um, doesn't mean it won't happen. You know, I've, I'm definitely a proponent of you not know what's going to happen in a year, in a day. Um, but, but yeah, we think mostly just about Corpus right now because there's so much potential. You know, there's so many dilapidated buildings. Like Justin and I always say, like we're changing Corpus when you're building at a time. Right. Because there's a lot of. Them, you know? <laughs> we have a lot of opportunity. We have a lot of opportunity. Lot of opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, there's. There's a lot of menus to be built and a lot of spaces to be designed. And so put those together. And, sure. And, and Corpus is, is a good campus for that. It is. It's amazing to watch. I office downtown and I kind of get to watch out my window some when it's not head down and go. But I get to watch some of the development of downtown. And it was sad to see Urbana 
change its plans. It Would that happen at a good time for you? Because Lucy's could come in and kind of backfill some of what Urbana did. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not the same menu, maybe not the same aesthetic or vibe, but certainly the same need is being met. And then watching some of the other things come into downtown Corpus, and we've got a couple of things coming from out of town folks that are wanting to yeah, get like going down here. And yeah, exactly. Downtown, downtown is really fun. There's definitely a good energy, and you have. You know, when you talk about you look beyond Corpus, I think people are just really enjoying being a part of this. You know, there's you yes. can go to Austin, enjoy 15 other Eleanors and a hundred bars that seem like you feel like the goldfish, um, but you're not a part of it. And right now, being in Corpus, you really get to be a, a, an integral part of, of watching it happen. Or you know, people coming up with these ideas like Noises Brewing Company, yes. um, or Lucy's, or Goldfish, or Bus. You know, right. we love Ben and Le Leslie. Like just saying, hey, like we don't have it, let's do it. And, and that's a little bit harder in a lot of other mm -hmm. so, so yeah. So in addition to a baby, <laughs> what are you excited about for you and the kiddos coming soon to Corpus, or are you excited about doing in Corpus already? Gosh, I don't know anything other than like the places I've, I've mentioned mm -hmm. of places, things that are coming to Corpus right now that I know of. But I think it's like what I said, just being a part of it. You know, they get to, whether they like it or not, they get <laughs> They're to- little barbacks for you, yes, that's fine. they get to come to all these places with right. us on a daily basis. And, and, and it's cool, you know, I grew up with a mom that stayed home with us, which I was really, really fortunate to have. But to hear my daughter say the other day, you know, we were talking about her heritage and um, her grandmother being from Honduras and knowing that she like didn't work, you know, my daughter was like, "Wait, so what did she do? Like, right. why didn't she work?" Because um, she knows me just going, 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 and creating these spaces, um, and so I see it in her. Like, that's just the norm for her. Like, if she wants to do something, she's just going to do it, and and Justin and I will be there to facilitate <laughs> right. it. And so, right. um, and, you know, and her father, of course, and so. So yeah, for the kids to again just be a part of it and and to to, to enjoy all these things. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking yeah, time to come course. on the podcast. This is it's been a lot of fun for sure. This is great. It's hard to imagine successfully juggling a business and a family, but Jessica manages not just one businesses but three and does so with excellence, drawing on inspiration from her family and her travels. Corpus is fortunate to have a native daughter who is willing to invest so much of herself in providing unique experiences not routinely found outside of major metro areas. To keep up with Eleanor's, The Goldfish, and Lucy's Snack Bar, follow them on social media at Eleanor's CCTX, at the gold underscore fish, and at Lucy's Snack Bar. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, too, at Echo Corpus. Thank you to our infrastructure partners, the Sound Guys, Clint Tucker Homes, and Sawyer Audiology. And thank you for taking time to listen.